Hallelujah, Jesus. See, the Bible shares that God delights in us. The Bible says in Psalm 18, 19, because he delighted in me, he delivered me. And Numbers 14, Caleb and Joshua said, if the Lord delights in us, he's going to bring us through. What's it mean to have someone delight in you? It means, man, they think that you are, man, amazing. It means that they light you up. Delight means just to have light come when you're with that person. Our spouse should light us up more than anything if you're married. Glory to God. But even more than that, Jesus should light us up. Glory to God. We sing that song every time I hear him calling, man, I get on my knees. Glory to Jesus. You know, we did uh, in evangelism, we used to do surveys. And on the survey, we'd have, do you believe that, you know, Jesus is God? Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God? Do you believe that, you know, you're going to heaven? And everybody, you know, on and on, everybody answered yes. But most of these people that answered yes, they weren't Christians. But then we changed the survey. And we just put down a few questions. In the last week, have you heard God's voice? In the last week, have you experienced the awesome Shekinah glory of God? In the last week, have you experienced profound intimacy with Jesus? In the last week, did God reveal his word to you in an amazing way? You know what? All those people that answered yes and most of them went to the church. Not one person said yes on that survey. Shh. Glory to God. It's so easy for someone to say they're Christian. It's so easy to say we're walking with God. But man, the gauge is that second survey. Amen? Glory to God. Man, it'd be really weird to say, yeah, I love my wife. Well, have you spent time with her last week? No, not really. Well, when's the last time you heard her voice? Well, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, that's not relationship. Amen? Whew. They did a survey, and you know what? Half the men that are married didn't know the color of their wives' eyes. For real. For real. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Someone said, I didn't come to church and here it is. Bless God. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. It's time for each of us to enter into what real love is and what real relationship is. See, when you love somebody, they light you up. And you want to spend time with them because they light you up. Man, when you were Jesus, it's amazing, isn't it? In your quiet time, we gather together. It's amazing. Glory to God. Really, it's amazing. Now, sometimes it always doesn't, when you get your quiet time, it doesn't start out like that all the time. You, sometimes you're just tired and you, you have to get, you know, go through the gates of praise before you enter into the inner courts by faith. But man, when we can say the greatest thing about being a Christian is Jesus. 
And that's when we'll enter into relationship. But love entails, man, when you love somebody, what is good in you, what you know of is good, you have to have in that other person. How many times have you heard our parents say, man, you know, I, I want my child to have more than I have? Well, sure you do. Jesus died so his life could be our life. Amen? See, people think the gospel is longevity of days in heaven, and it is. It's eternity. But the Bible says in John 17, 3, eternal life is knowing him and experiencing him. Mm. Wow. So I'm, I'm encouraging you today. I know it's strong. But it's time for each of us to enter in to what's available to us. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. To enter in, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to go with me to 2 Kings 13. There's a principle here that isn't shared a lot, but I think can really help us. In 2 Kings 13. Hallelujah, Jesus. Man, when you're dealing with, you know, Elijah and Elisha, man, there, there's a lot of good stuff in 1 Kings and 2 Kings. But 2 Kings 13, it says that Elisha was getting ready to die and Joash, to, this is 2 Kings uh, 13, 14, came down and, and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. That's an expression where he's going to be with the Lord soon. Elisha said unto him, take bow and arrows. He took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. He put his hand upon it. Elijah put his hands on the king's hands. He said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. He said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. This is a prophetic word. Now the Syrians had dominated Israel and abused them, brought destruction to them. So this is a big deal. But this is probably the most short-lived prophecy in the history of the, of the world. Because what Elisha spoke didn't come to pass. And we'll look at why. So he said, take the arrows, and he took them. He said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground... And he smote three times and stopped. And the man of God was wroth with him. Really angry. He said, you should have, man, hit the earth five or six times. Then you would have smitten Syria until you had consumed him. Now you're going to smite them but three times. And they did. They won three battles, but they didn't consume Syria. And Syria was always a thorn in their side. Now, this, when you first read this, it looks kind of like legalistic. Well, man, what's the big deal between smiting the ground three times and then five or six times. But this is a type of you and I as a believer in the context of expressing our heart. What I want to share today, I honestly, love expresses what's in them. Love is expressing your heart towards God, towards your family, Towards, towards the world. It's easy not to express our heart 
Well, what will people say? You know, this and that. Expression is a key. The Bible says be strong and courageous. Mm. Yeah, a lot of you know we have a counseling center. Different times, you know, Romans one of the main counselors and different we have a counseling center, really good counseling center. One of the largest Christian counseling centers and really anywhere in, in a, dealing with kids have been abused, trafficked, the whole deal. You know, different times, you know, I've had to speak as a expert witness because I know somebody's abused a kid and you know, I've been threatened different times, you know, for real. You know, if you do this, then, you know, harm will come or whatever. And sometimes judge put in the court order that they can't come down to the center or whatever. But yet, you want to got to be strong, all of us, in whatever we do, and courageous. Amen? Here's what's interesting. You know, from being in a court setting different times where, you know, uh, man, if you testify right and you have a good judge, you know, uh, it could save a kid's life from a, a life of abuse. But it's like that with Jesus. God is a righteous judge. Amen? But glory to God, you got to testify. Man, it's like a court setting. Man, the devil says, you know what? He, he doesn't have faith. He's sinned. He doesn't deserve this. And you got to testify. Like Trish, you got to testify that you're healed when you don't feel like you are. You got to testify that you got victory over the sins of the flesh when you don't feel like you do. You got to testify. Glory to God. And the devil's always going to be there to try to intimidate you, to try to minimize your testimony. But glory to God, to try to trip you up. But the more you testify, the more the righteous judge has a right to give you a verdict in your favor. And I tell you what, the Spirit of God will enforce, he will enforce the verdict. Now, glory to God. All right. So let's look at this principle and let's go to 1 Samuel, if we would. And let's look at something with Hannah's life. And I think it'll help us. Hannah, of course, ended up being the mother of Samuel, who's one of the greatest prophets that ever lived. The Bible says not one word of his ever hit the ground, meaning that he never spoke a word that wasn't right from the mouth of God. Wow. All right. All right. So the Bible says there was a certain man, uh, man, I can't even pronounce it, Ramathin Zophin of Mount Ephraim. All right. Now, he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. The name of the other was Penina. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Shehabath. Shehabath. And, and, uh, and when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and all her sons or daughter portions. But unto Hannah he gave even more. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord, but she was not able to have children. And her adversary provoked her sore to make her, to shame her. And, and this happened year after year. Then Elkanah said to her, while you know, Hannah was weeping, he says, why are you grieved? Now, this, so Hannah's being persecuted. She's being, man, 
here's what I want you to see. In her case, God, she had a God-given desire to have a child. But it wasn't, that child wasn't conceived in birth. God's given every one of us desires that have to be conceived and birthed. Glory to God. And sometimes the enemy will come against those desires. But here's what Hannah did. She made a vow on the Lord. She says, man, if you give me a child, I'll give them right back to you. And she was praying. She went to the temple and was praying. In verse 13, it says, she spoke it out of her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, the, the priest, Eli, thought she was drunk. And he, he said, how long will you be drunk and put away the wine from you? Hannah said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I haven't drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I poured out my heart before God. Man, if you get anything today, I tell you what, you're not going to get to point A to point B until you pour out your heart to God. Mm. So often, what's in our heart gets covered up because it hasn't happened yet. So it gets covered up with unbelief, gets covered up with fear, gets covered up even with anger against God. So it says, who is the person that people are most angry at? It's God. There are so many Christians anger God, they won't say it. But they have, God, they have a God-given desire. But it hasn't come to pass. And Proverbs 13, 12 says, a desire that hasn't come to pass, man, it's hurtful. But instead of pressing through and sharing our heart with God, we get estranged from God can walk away from God or we just go about our religious deal and never share a heart. Ooh, I'll get specific here. All right? So glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Man, she worships and then at the time of life, she conceives a child and that child is Samuel. Glory to God. All right. Now, now, what's this have to do with us? All right, let's get specific. I think it was Charles Finney said, if you go to church or you walk with God and God never gets specific with you, nothing's going to happen. Sometimes we speak in generality so we don't offend someone. Mm. We speak in generality so we don't, convict someone. We speak in generalities so it doesn't pierce the heart because we're afraid of what people think. Again, love will do what needs to be done, amen, to help us. Glory to God. All right. You got to express your heart. Mm, Jesus. You know, at the healing service last night, it was really good. I fasted, you know, I got Daniel fast for like 10 days and a lot of people were praying. And Jesus came in a really good way. 
in a very, very strong way. Like we had words of knowledge, I think five different names, and they all hit and people. Lives were changed in a strong way. And it was really good. I told you that lady that, you know, 20 years couldn't walk right, you know, glory got a moment's time, glory was changed. And that's really good. Hallelujah, Jesus. But you see, here's the deal. I went home last night and I said, God, that was really good. But I said, you know what? There's something still in my heart that wasn't satisfied because I sensed it could have been better. Not, not because of it didn't come. It was good. But there were some certain things I wanted to see. Someone says, what are you talking about? There were some things that I felt like, man, dang, there's a few more things that could have happened. Now, I wasn't condemned. I said, I rejoiced. It was really, really good. It was powerful. Probably the best service we ever had. But can I tell you something? When you taste of God and get good and get very good, it makes you want to enter in to get best. Woo! Jesus. Glory to God. I think of Charles Finney. Man, he broke that lie that, you know, in God's sovereignty, he hates people and doesn't like certain people to get saved. That deal through his book, uh, Systematic Theology. But man, he preached, and one time he was preaching, I mean, there's like 5,000 people there, and 1,000 people came to get saved. And he just started to weep. He said, I want everybody to go back. He said, God, if you can't do better than this, because he sensed the anointing wasn't like it should have been. Well, most of us will say, glory to God, that's amazing. Well, it was amazing. He said, everybody sit down, well, I'm going to preach again. For real. He preached again and 3,000 people come forward. See, we need to know what we want. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I know this is strong, but the Bible says those who are producing fruit, he purges. So he can produce more fruit. Amen. Glory to God. So, so what's this mean? Uh, let's just get real. Let's just get real. Glory to God. Man, there's a spirit of lust in the church, sexual sin with pornography. Man, I deal with guys all the time. Here's the deal, man. It shouldn't be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Well, why is it that way? Because people hit the ground three times rather than hitting it six times. Well, it gets quiet when you're teaching good, doesn't it? And that's men and women nowadays. I'll tell you what, here's the deal. Don't just quote, I can do all things through Christ, hallelujah. And just say, oh God, I, I, it has helped me a little bit, but I'm still struggling. Quote the thing until it's done. If you got to quote it a hundred times and do it. Come on. I know this is strong. Oh, I'm just, I'm only human, brother. Really? Then get saved. Because the Bible says you're supernatural because the Spirit of God's in you and you got a supernatural spirit through the new birth. Amen. So all ladies are saying, yeah, get those guys. Amen. We're going to come to you later. Amen. All right. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. We're not going to leave anybody out today. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Ah. Oh. So it's not a new church was like this. It should be. 
This is how Jesus ministered, wasn't it? Didn't come in and give some flowery sermon that didn't relate to anything to make people feel good. The love of God is amazing. But I tell you what, we're living in a time where evil looks like good and good looks like evil. And I tell you what, if you're going to hit the ground three times, you're going to be overcome. It's a time where you got to press through to get through. Because, man, there's spirits of the air that are for real. Adultery and, and divorce is so strong. Here, here's the deal. I, I was, uh, I don't watch much TV, but I was watching, I turned on, I was flipping the channels, I think, to watch a sporting event, and I came across some talk show. And this guy's on there, he's a, I won't say his name, a well-known movie actor. He said, uh, he's married to this beautiful lady, she's a model or something. And the, and the person interviewed me and said, well, how, how come you guys got divorced after, you know, a year and a half? He said, I woke up one day and looked at her and it just seemed like she was a stranger. He said, ever since then, it just, the connection wasn't there. Can I tell you something? Man alive, come on. Sometimes I wake up and I look like myself like a stranger. You know what I'm saying? Come on. You seriously, I look in the mirror and say, man, you got to be better than that. You know what I'm saying? Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. He said, yeah. He said, it just went downhill ever since. Well, guess what? That was a devil. He didn't curse it. He didn't rebuke it. He didn't press through. See, it's easy to lose intimacy with Jesus. You know the saddest thing in the Bible is Samson, the anointing was in his hair. And when he shook himself his hair, the anointing would come. Amen. I mean, the strength of Jesus, the spirit of might would come on him. So he entered into sexual sin once. And God was very merciful with him. But the second time, he wasn't. God's mercy is strong, but I tell you what, you got mercy, mercy, and then you got judgment. Jesus is not a game. Even though he entered into sin again, he still thought everything was all right. So when the Philistines came, he shook himself like before. But no strength came. Why am I sharing that? It's like the frog, right, in the boiling water. It's nice and warm in there. Amen. Just like seeker-friendly churches. Nice and warm. Don't call the attention what you got to do and grow. And It's warm in there. And before you know it, man, you lose the viability. The viability of the word of God. And you're cooked. This is the last day's message. This is for real, man. This is for real. But I tell you what, the opposite is true too. 
The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, we looked on this a big time last couple of weeks. Whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty. Let's, let's look at it again. Ephesians 1, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, glory to God. Book of Ephesians chapter 1. Again, we know this, but it bears repetition. God works through your spirit, through your heart. Satan works through your soul, your emotions, your mind. But the Bible says, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. It talks about the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Glory to God. Then it talks about looking in the perfect law of liberty. Here's the deal. When we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, Jesus, that's when victory comes. Someone says, I know that scripture. Someone says, I know a scripture. Well, it's just not being able to recite a scripture is to the degree that scripture's in your spirit. You don't know a scripture until that scripture becomes who you are. Amen? Glory to God. And here's what's exciting about Jesus. It'll work for anyone, irregardless of your background, your education, your, your race, your anything, economic status. It will work for anyone who looks into the perfect law of liberty through the Holy Ghost and enables the word of God to get into us. Glory to Jesus. Mm. Let's get more specific. A lot of people, man, they feel that God hasn't come through for them. Maybe it's a desire they have to be married. Maybe it's a desire that you know, they feel like God let them down in a certain area. They want to get a promotion. Maybe it's in the context of ministry. Maybe it's in the context of just man, just peace, or with their kids or whatever. You've got to press through to hear the voice of God. You've got to press through to receive grace to see the truth. Man, there's so much on the heart of God. And again, we go back to spouses. You know what? It's so easy to uncover your spouse, what I mean by this, or a friend. We all have weaknesses. Satan will get you to dwell on the weaknesses and what you don't have to try to compare your spouse to someone else. And you know what I bring? Destruction. Hmm. So what do you do? You hit the ground six times. Man, you get in the quiet place between you and God. Or you listen to teachings that are for real or preaching like this, not something that tickles your ears. And you say, Jesus, I believe I've got your eyes. Now I'm going to sit here I want to have you open my eyes to see the glory of my spouse 
so I can perceive him or her rightly. And you just don't do it one day. You do it every, you do it day after day after day after day after day until glory to God. Man, hallelujah, Jesus. Man, that guy that you've been putting down, the guy you haven't stood up for, glory to God, he starts looking better and better. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. That lady that you're putting down because she gained some weight or this or that, glory to God, God takes us to the woodshed and says, man, what are you doing? And looking at your wife that way. And the fear of God comes. And when you're with two other guys or three other guys and they're talking and they're a dirty joker saying this or that, you say, you know what? I've been in the presence of Jesus. I've been in the presence of Jesus. I'm not going to degrade anybody, anytime, anywhere. And if you got a problem with that, come on. For real. One of my best friends helped disciple me. He had a large uh, insurance agency. He was a head of a large insurance agency in Columbus, Ohio. And they went on one of these uh, business trips. And there was uh, him, his name's Bernie, he's uh, one of the heads of Teen Challenge right now. He worked with David Wilkerson a lot when David was alive. And so there's four guys there, you know, they went to the gym in between meetings. And the one guy, there's three younger guys in him, he's a little older. And the one guy says, the other guy, which wife are you on? And the one guy says, well, I'm on my second wife. The other guy says, I'm on my third wife. They started to do this. And there's another young man there that was a Christian, but he's being swayed by these two other people. And my friend Bernie. They said, well, what wife are you on, Mr. Jalot? He said, my first and my last. And he began to preach Jesus. He began to preach Jesus. And that one young man said, you know what? They were starting to sway me. Be strong and courageous. Glory to God. What you want, you can have, even as God's put it in your heart, but you've got to express it. Mm. And there's always going to be some backlash. We're sharing the gospel. Well, how can you say there's one way to heaven, you know, when everybody's sincere? Can I tell you something? You can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. Do you love someone enough to be cold, old-fashioned, love them enough to be persecuted, love them enough to share the gospel as is? Amen? Amen? The gospel doesn't change. So why do you think you'd have the audacity to try to modify it? Amen. But see, it's whatever you have passion for. Let's just give two examples because times were not. Two main examples. Mm, Jesus, we'll give three examples. One, to what degree do you experience the presence of God in the quiet place? I tell you, there is a battle with times. 
You need to get a baseline and I need to get a baseline. When I'm down in the quiet place, I want to have has seen the face of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, share the gospel in the face of Jesus. How can you share the gospel in the face of Jesus if you haven't seen the face of Jesus? Well, that doesn't mean you see some physical face. What's that referring to? You, man, his presence is there. Man, you get a hold of a verse. Woo! See, here, here's what. Here, when I see Christians that are walking with Jesus for real, man, it comes with a verse. Man, I remember I was a younger Christian, and I, got, I, I saw this verse, man, in and, and Psalm. Uh, oh, glory to God, 17. It says in verse 14, I mean, people of this world, I mean, they have their, you know, they're filled with some good things. You know, they might be the soccer mom. They might be this. They might be that. But they never, you know, they, they don't rock the boat. But he said, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I'm only going to be satisfied when I wake with thy presence and thy likeness. And I, I got a hold of this and some people that were to help disciple me. And I said, God, I want that. And usually what you want, you say, okay, I'm going to get this. You get all excited. And you know what? And you, a lot of times things will go down before they go up. You get in the quiet place and say, Jesus, let me see your face. Man, the only thing you see is your hand in front of you. You know what I'm saying? There's like nothing. But I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to get in the quiet place every day. I'm going to take this verse and say, if an Old Testament man can see your face and Moses will talk to you face to face and glory to God, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3 and 4 that I'm under a better covenant and through my spirit I can behold your glory. I'm going to stay here until this becomes reality. You may have to fast once a week to get it. But you say, you, see, you understand what I'm saying. Someone says, this offends me. Good. <laughs> Where, I'm glad I, that tells me I'll be more like Jesus. Where do you ever read that Jesus didn't offend people? Jesus was one of the most offensive beings that ever walked this earth. He didn't say, I'm not going to offend you. He said, blessed are you that when I do offend you, you don't chip over me, man. That's what he said. You know why he's offensive? Because he doesn't want you to stay in a place that's contrary to what he died for. Glory to Jesus. So you enter in, bless God. You put on some worship music, get some things to help you, and then the presence begins to come. Glory to God. Jesus. Wow. Then it becomes a little bit more. You get a little hungrier. Amen? It's like those potato chips. You can't just eat just one. You know what I'm saying? You just got to get more excited about this. Then someone encourages you because you're in a fellowship where they say, you know what? Man, Jesus just came to me in the quiet place and someone says, yeah, the Bible says, he came to me too. We say, whoo, glory. And it starts to become a baseline. 
The miraculous. How do you enter into the miraculous? By osmosis? No, you see glory to God. What's available in the word of God. And man, it gets inside of you. It makes you hungry, glory to God. It causes you to enter into a place, hallelujah, where man, you start to get out of your mind. You start to walk by your spirit. And then you know what it does? It kindles something inside of you that God placed in you from birth. Glory to Jesus. Amen. I told you that. That's good when you say that. That's the second dress you're going to get. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I've told you many times. I've gone to children's hospital in the coma ward. Man, it's just like a room about this big. Then there might be... 12 beds, kids in comas, it's open. It's not like in single rooms. Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh. And some of them come because we've had success that way. I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing worse than some of you asking you to go there. And these kids are, I mean, most of them are going to die. Accidents, motorcycle accidents, all kinds of things. And I told Jesus, I said, you know what? I will never go there unless I'm ready for you, to give an agreement for you to move. How do you get ready? See, the Bible talks about the preparation of the gospel of peace. Well, I'll be ready if the Holy Ghost just comes on me. No, you prepare. You get yourself ready. You get yourself ready. You get in this word. And you look where Jesus did. And you get in this word. And you see that Jesus, that Jesus that did this is in me by grace. Yes, yes, yes. And you keep getting in the words. So when you're there, you're not praying in hope. Glory to God. A doctor come. He said, then you can come down here anytime you want. Because there's a, a kid that came out of a motorcycle accident over a Mercer. And he come out of that coma, man, right after we prayed. Went down with his guidance counselor from the High school. Glory to God. He was wrestling that same year, man, in a broken neck. Amen. He was bad. I'm certainly nothing, and you're nothing in ourselves, but Jesus is in us. What's the difference? It's how many times you hit the ground, man. When you stop hitting the ground, when you do the works that Jesus did. You press in, man. This is not a game. This is not a Sunday event. It's 24-7. God is not looking for visitation. He's looking for habitation. Oh, my God. You're terrified. If I had to do all this and do it this way, I couldn't go golfing. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. Oh, my God. I don't know what I'll do. Well, maybe you get on fire for Jesus. You can still golf. You can still go. I'm going to the zoo tomorrow with my grandkids. Amen. But you know what? I'm going to be praying the Holy Ghost when I pick them up. I'm going to be praying the Holy Ghost when we're there. We're looking at the lions. Glory to God. I'm going to be in the spirit. And I'm going to be thinking how David ripped one apart. And glory to God. I'm going to be in the Holy Ghost where I'm at that zoo. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. And I'm going to be ministering Jesus to those kids. Because we're going to be praying. Hallelujah.
when we thanking God for what he created. See, this is when Christianity becomes fun. For real. When you cannot engage in battle and win, it's not fun. You're either going to run from the battle, pretend like you're in the battle when you're not, because it's not real to you. But it can become real. Glory to Jesus. The miraculous. Glory to Jesus. The miraculous. The miraculous. I'm going to tell you on Luke 22, 51 all the time where, man, Peter cut off this guy's ear, half his head. He's dying, bleeding to death. And Jesus just touched him, man, and a new ear came on. Why are you, why, why you meditate on that? Because I love people. Especially veterans who've lost limbs. And little kids who've lost limbs. And someone says, well, what's that have to do with you? Everything. Everything. Because you see... What I see here is what I can integrate in my life. And this is where you come in trouble, especially with religious people. I'm more trouble with other pastors than I do anybody else. We had a service, and there was a, a young lady, you're with me, in York, and she was mentally retarded. And I was preaching on the virtue of God, when it goes into you, you can do anything. Well, the pastor's mom brought up this girl. She's retarded, can't read, can't write. IQ, I don't know, 65, something like that. Well, now, is she, how real is Jesus right now? So we prayed. I didn't sense anything. We prayed for a lot of people. It was the last person we prayed for. I didn't sense Jesus. But I said, Lord, I believe you. I've sold to the supernatural. I got a long way to go, but I've sowed enough by your grace and mercy. So I prayed and I said, I believe she's going to be reading and talking hallelujah fluently. And that was a couple months later, we went back because the pastor went to a convention and we stayed at uh, his, the pastor's mother and father's house. And so I walk in and we walked in. She said, have you heard the good news about so-and-so? I said, I remember who so-and-so is. That, that girl, mentally retarded girl that you, you prayed for? I said, oh, yeah. He said, you know what? About three days later, she started to read. For real. She started to talk. She started this, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Man, we, we had, and it was a mongoloid kid in that same church, mongoloid. And I had the privilege to pray for him. Jesus. And I said, we pronounce normalcy to you. Well, how can you do that? Because I hit the ground more than three times. And this is what I think about. It's what I dream about. I, I didn't sense anything. He said, I could sense the presence of God. So I'm back again in that church, Eastern PA. And the pastor says, let's go to country club for lunch. It's all right. It's a real nice place. I said, while we're eating here, I said, I'm just good to eat somewhere else. We don't have to spend all this money. He said, I want you to see something. So we're at the country club. And a young man comes out waiting on us. And this was this Mongoloid boy. Come on, Jesus. 
Because the pastor said, after a prayer was made, his life started to change. Because most of the Lord kids, they don't have enough energy to work a full day. Or aren't smart enough, a lot of them. And he took our, he's blessed us, sat us at our table, talked articulate, gave a big smile and a big hug. And we just worship Jesus. Now, you can hear this and do two things. You're going to say, man, that guy's out of his mind, and I don't want anything to do with that. Or you can say, you know what? He's just out of my mind because I'm a limiting God and I want to enter into the mind of Christ. Or you could say, yeah, that was cool, but not quite for me. Or you could say, you know what? I want that. I want that. For real. Now, I've got a long way to go in my walk, but I know where I'm going and I know where I've come. And I fellowship with people that have entered into things that are for real. Amen? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. People that have done the works that Jesus has done. For real. In humility. But in reality. I'll tell you something. Before I was saved, I hated church because I went to a church that wasn't real, man. It just wasn't real. And I said, I don't want anything to do with that. Faith is the reality of things unseen. Faith is the realness. Lord, I'll just share this one last thing. Glory to God. Again, what's your passion? You know, uh, when I taught high school for years, I noticed I, I taught kids their behavior problems. And uh, I noticed a lot of them, man, they, they were just messed up. Messed up families. A lot of them were in accidents and find out a lot of them were abused. And I said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to stand up for these kids. Maybe it's because I had a mother with spinal bifida handicapped and, and I had to stand up for her growing up. But I said, God, I'm going to stand up for these kids. And there are some times, I, mean, I remember one girl, she's a tough girl. She locked Kathy down. She'd come up to her house for supper, Joella. And uh, we ministered Jesus, but then she got involved in drugs. Her and her cousin uh, robbed her. Uh, drugstore in town and uh, she come back to school and she made a commitment to Jesus I'll never forget but some of the teachers to be honest with you didn't like her because they just saw remember how much trouble she caught I remember one time she was caught smoking she said well I'll teach them a lesson I'll, I'll, I'll burn the whole school down I said no you won't I mean she's a really tough girl and uh, I remember one time one of the teachers just grabbed her by the arm in the hall. She didn't do nothing. Everybody else was running. I'll tell you something. <sighs> he hit her by the arm and I took him by the arm. That's when I was younger. I'm a little bit more sanctified right now, but more passionate. And so I said, I want to tell you something. I said, you will let go of her? And I, I, I used some language that maybe uh, we don't want to share in church. 
But he looked at me, he said, why would you stand up for someone like her? And I said, because she's worthy to stand up for. And she heard that. We need to be strong and we need to be courageous. But you're only going to be strong when you press through. We're living in a time where the enemy's pressing through. We're living in a time, man. We're little kids, man. Through gender change, are being mutilated and they're seven, eight years old. Well, I, that, that's not at my front door. Well, you know why I say your front door? Because the things you do, people, you let people do to others, you've done under Jesus. Man. I, I was thinking, my th- three of my main role models are all people that were not good people before they were saved. Two guys in hell's angels, for real. Another guy just as bad. You know, David Hogan, I share this and people go nuts. He's raised 400 people from the dead for real. He's spoken here. Sam Childress wrote a book, Another Man's Battle. Man, he's about tough as nails. Another friend of mine, I won't say his name. But you know what I like about these guys? They're for real. And every one of them said this. I was full hog for the devil. I did things, man. I, 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 I can't even want to talk about it. But when I come to Jesus, I figured this. If I could be fool for the enemy, I could be fool for Jesus. You know God likes that? What's a pastor look like anyways? Someone who uses big words and has a three-piece suit on with the vest. Somehow I couldn't see Jesus wearing the vest. I like vests, but somehow what Jesus look like? Huh. What I'm telling you is this. You need to express your heart. God's given you a desire to be like Jesus. To love like Jesus. To be loved like Jesus was loved by the Father. He's given you a desire to love your spouse. A desire to love your kids. A desire to believe in your kids even when they're hard to believe in. He's given you desires to change the world. But as long as you're not expressed and as long as you and I don't cry out Like Hannah, they thought she was drugged. They thought there was something wrong with her. They're going to say there's something wrong with you. Just don't rock the boat. I'm here to tell you something. Jesus is worth it. Yeah, I fasted 10 days before this hit deal. You know what I'm saying, Daniel fast. And that wasn't fun all the time. But I'm going to tell you something. He came during that time. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to say, you know what? It hurts me, Lord, because I haven't had this desire for it. It hurts. 
but I'm going to let my heart out so you can touch me. I'm going to look at Jesus. Then I'm going to look at me and my humanness and my inability. But then I'm going to see myself in the word through the new birth by the Holy Ghost and I'm going to keep looking at Jesus until I see Jesus in me. How much is that worth? Till Osborne and his wife, man, 300 deaf mutes hearing at the same time and talking. He said, here's what changed my life. I saw Jesus in the word. And I kept looking at Jesus in the word until I saw Jesus in me. Let's stand if we would. This is available for each of us. I'm not sharing this in a condemning way. I'm sharing this with because I love you because you have the ability because of the availability. Amen. Ability comes through availability. Amen. I've got a long way to go, but I'm going to tell you this. The only way I got to where I'm at now is because I said, God, I won't give my life to get here. Right now, those listening by Spotify, Faith and Family Channel, those of us here, just with every head bowed, please, of you, or at, just before God, I'm not going to ask you to come down for whatever, but just before God, man, if you know you're not walking right, if you know that this isn't real like it should be, I'm not even going to ask you to lift your hand. Between you and God, just say, Jesus, help me to see who I really am. Help me to see there's provision to enter in to being like you. And if anybody's not saved, listen to my voice. Come on, man. It's time to put away childish things and say, I want the one that died for me. I'm not going to believe the one who lied to me. I'm going to believe the one who died for me. Just say, Jesus, I give you myself for real. Jesus is amazing. But there's a price. But man, it's nothing compared. Nothing compared to becoming conformed. To his image. Like you had a word of knowledge, Aretha. You kept hearing that name. It's an unusual name. If that means something to somebody, come up. If you have a need after, I'm going to ask Robin to close us in prayer. And then after she does, if you have a need, just come on up and we'll pray. Here's the exciting thing about Jesus we're a family. We're a family. When somebody hurts, we all hurt. We're not here to condemn anybody. We've all fallen down and we've all been, we've all fallen short. But you know what? Jesus is raising us up. He's a raising up God. Whew. Don't you pray. Mm, Jesus, Jesus, mm. Jesus, Jesus. Mm. 
Lord, I just praise you and I thank you for this passionate word, this word that was born in heaven. This word is to reach the ears to just call attention to the fact of repentance and truth. And Father, your word says that the goodness of God leads us back, leads us to repentance, leads us back to the Father's face. Oh, how precious you are, Daddy Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your love that you didn't just wait and um, look for us, but that you ran out to meet us, God. Thank you, Jesus. You ran out to meet us. And Father, you continue to do that, and you meet our greatest needs if we let you. So I thank you, Father, that today as the word went out and our hearts are softened, that we let you meet us in our deepest need today. Father, I thank you that just like you did with the leper and you reached into his disease and sickness, that that's what you do when something is not right in us when we let you. And so, Father, thank you that this day that people that are standing and hearing this word, that their hearts are on good ground, that they're softened by the Holy Spirit. And God, that this seed that has been sown in truth will produce so much awesome righteousness for your kingdom. Yes, Lord. I just thank you, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are our Abba Father and that you're for us and you're not against us. Hallelujah. We love you. I pray, God, that you would just bless each person in this hearing in a huge way. And that they would be the hands and the feet of Jesus to all those around them. To those who are in need, God. When they come and they see the face of you, then they can take what they have and they can give it to others. And Lord, I thank you that this week each person is a minister of the gospel and taking that. Yes, God. If they choose to do it. So Lord, I pray that you continue to give the desire to speak forth the truth in love. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you have a need for prayer, come on down. Amen.